You're going to remember this every day for the rest of your life. If you want to get to a goal, if you want to get to your dream, you got to focus on all the little steps. You have to put in your time. You have to be patient and you have to enjoy the process. Whatever you're doing now, whatever you want to be great at, whatever you want to be special at, I'm sure you, you may be already be good at it, but to be extraordinary, you have to do extra. I firmly believe that we are all here for a very specific reason, to do something truly extraordinary. But what are you going to do to get there? I've been wanting to talk to you and have you on this podcast for a long time, mostly because you're one of the most special people in my life. And I was so lucky to have you looking over me and, and to play for you and teaching me so many wonderful lessons about life. And I know you don't like taking compliments, but if it wasn't for you, I absolutely wouldn't be where I am today. And I'm not alone. There's a lot of people that athletes that feel the same way. So thank well. you. When are we starting the podcast? Is it? We just did. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, let me just say this to you, okay, Mark. I appreciate those words, but in my mind, <clears throat> you were so driven in high school that, regardless of what happened, where you know you, you would be, you would be an absolute great success. There's no doubt in my mind. And uh, thanks, Coach. And, and that's how that's how I feel about. It. But that's exactly why we recruited you because that's how I felt about you when I met you and talked to you. So, then coming from you, that's a huge compliment. I can't thank you enough. Really, I can't thank yeah. you enough. Um, just uh, did you get an opportunity to watch the documentary that Randy West worked so hard on? Oh yeah, <laughs> let me tell you what. <clears throat> Randy's not only a very good. Uh, uh, you know, film guy when it comes to these uh, documentaries, but I, I thought he uh, he captured your story uh, greatly. Uh, I, I enjoyed the very <clears throat> the very beginning all the way to the very end, and and uh, it was just wonderful. We watched it twice and watched it again and. Uh, it's like I, I, I think I said it even in the film that this is a story that that every high school athlete, actually, every high school student should watch. Actually, every high school parent should watch. And uh, and I think honestly that. That's what will happen someday when 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 this catches fire. I, uh, everybody that I've texted um, has watched it and and uh, they rave about it. So as soon as this gets out into the high schools, uh, then I you know this this will be mandatory, I think, uh, observation by by uh, by parents. Oh. Now, when I say parents, parents are parent as your as your mother had to do this thing basically, you know, by herself and and, uh, and she was like the winning edge as far as as far as uh, uh you and I were concerned. I mean I, I watched some tape and and I say in the uh you know, I, I think in our write up, you're a good 
high school player, not a great high school player. <laughs> you were not a great high school player. You were, you were a good high school player. I, I, told, I know, I know. I, the coach, yeah, I have no, there is no confusion. I know I was very average at best. Okay, well, I was going to say average. Instead, <laughs> I said good, but you said average. <laughs> I know, no, I know. I really, I know. And honestly, but, I was good. Can I tell you good, this? Please. What separates you, what separated you, and why I went, <clears throat> because don't forget, I was not the head coach when I was recruiting. I remember. I was an assistant coach. And, uh, and I, uh, I went in, I, uh, and the, 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 the difference is that when some people say they want to be really good, uh, you can sometimes believe them, halfway believe them. Uh, but there's some people like, and this is how I described you to, to Jim Marshall, the head coach at that time. I said, this guy like burns, his eyes burn through your skull. I mean, he never, his eyes don't move to the right to the left, if somebody comes in the room, he doesn't take his eyes off you. I mean, this guy is is going to develop into a great football player. And I think he's got some great charisma that will help him to be special. So we looked at the tape and uh, we said, you sure you want to do this? I said, I, I, yes, I do. And, and uh, so, Man, talk to you as you can remember, but then in meeting your mother, a woman of very few words, but the same stare when you're talking to her. Somebody opens up the door, if she's talking to you, her eyes stay squarely on the person talking. So I'm like, oh. This is this is gonna be great. <laughs> it was really fun, really really fun. Boy, did I get lucky! I feel like I, I hit the lottery. And my brother says the same thing. He's every time I see my brother, he says, "Man, you got so lucky to be uh, spend that time with Coach Reed." I said, "I know." And I there's a bunch of people that feel the same way between Seth Wyman, DJ Cunningham, Elio Imbrunoni, Sam Kaufman, Randy West. All those athletes feel the exact same way I did, and they understand well, that that it was more than football. I'm sorry, Coach, yeah. I cut you off. No, but, you know, when you started naming names, I just have to tell you that <clears throat> the other thing about this, and, and Joe mentioned it, uh, is that uh, we had uh, Nick Salmon oh, yeah. uh, at oh, yeah. UMass, you know, and he's a Fall River guy. And and because uh, he called me, called Joe, and, and he said, this guy's going to be something. Now, I have to tell you a story about Nick Salmon. We were, uh, you know, I think it was 19, getting ready to play in the 19, uh, I think it was 1988 or 1986. I don't know the season. We hadn't had it. I think it was 88 because we hadn't had a very good season, excuse me, in 87. And we had a bunch of offensive tackles hurt. And we had a, we had to have a scrimmage. It had to be great. So we had one. <laughs> I'd be arrested, thrown in jail for this <laughs> today. We had one offensive tackle. That's it. One. Oh, man. And it was Nick Salmon. Oof. And we were scrimmaging on Saturday, and he went, 100 and <laughs> he went 110 plays. Oh, my God. And I kept yelling to him, Nick, you all right? He's like, I'm fine. 
<laughs> I'm telling you, when I think of that, I was like, I can't believe, what was I thinking when I let that guy do that? And he, 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 he was terrific in the, in the whole scrimmage. And he was a walk-on. And, and after that preseason, uh, I put him on full scholarship because anybody that can do that is like an Iron Man. And then, of course, he started, I think it was for three years for us. He was terrific. It's amazing. But he was, he was all over me about you. Oh, and, Nick uh, was great. Thank God bless Nick. Thank yeah. you, Nick. Yeah. We're yeah, very lucky. Right. Yeah. Um, so, Coach, I know that I want everyone to get an understanding of who Coach Reed is. Coach Reed's been coaching. How many years have you been coaching? 47. 47 years of coaching. And, I, and Coach Reed is, has, is a wealth of knowledge, both you know football acumen, but also in the – teaching coaching the application and getting getting in a clear understanding of who players are what they need how to be coached and i know he won't say that but there's a huge psychological component that we'll dive into today where you have to understand who to push how to push them how much you can push them and when to back off and that's one of my first questions for you today coach how has your philosophy uh, of coaching changed over the years so at richmond when I was there, there were things that we were done, hard coaching, I call it, that you probably could not do today. Um, and what, what's your view? How has it changed for you personally? Well, see, it hasn't. And, and if you talk to the, the guys from Iowa and, and uh, you know, the guys of Virginia, I think they'll tell you the same stories that, 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 you know, that you guys in Richmond will say that, this is the key, I think, to all coaching, which I don't know that all coaches really realize. First of all, all coaches really want to get the best out of their players. And on the field, <clears throat> that's not always swearing and yelling and, and uh, berating them if they don't do something correct. Uh, there's a couple of swear words, I'm not even going to get into them, that have almost become like coaching terminology that I just, I despise, I hate. We're on a street corner. We're, we're, in a, we're in an environment where you can educate. You play hard, but there's an education in every single technique and get off and ball catch and reading the, 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 uh, uh, the defenses, everything. But it all starts with the players knowing and understanding that as hard as you coach them to make them do the right thing, that you're doing it because you love them. And how do you show that? Well, you remember the piece about the academics, right? Absolutely. Mr. Gibble? Oh, yeah. Oh, right. yeah. Who, who, who would talk to Mr. Gibble all the time? Now, if you can remember, there was a year absence from the time I recruited you till the time I came back as head coach. We call that, right? We call that the hard year. That's how we refer to that year. That <laughs> was a, that. we call it that. We have a nickname for that year, the hard year. Oh, okay. Coach Cullen yeah. was very upset and it was very hard for all of us. Yeah. Well, anyways, we, <clears throat> um, you remember who used to be standing in the front of academic buildings with a chart, right? Yes, I do. The coaches, myself included. Mm-hmm to make sure that you went to class. And somebody would say, well, 
They should do that anyways, and that's the truth. But it was important for you guys, and it's important for the players to see the coaches there taking part in making sure that that the definition of student athlete is is done done correctly. We don't want we never I know any place I have ever been as a head coach. I never wanted them to see me as a coach. I wanted them to see me as an educator. And because if you show players that you are truly interested in them, and even if you show parents that you are truly interested in their sons progressing in all phases of their lives, then now you can you can say what you want to the players at any time and they know that you're saying it for their benefit. And I've been to places where it's just football, football, football. And what coaches don't realize is that when you take care of the entire athlete, when they know you're interested in their academics and their social life and in their leadership skills and developing those leadership skills and showing the leadership how it's supposed to be, then you have a better football player rather than just screaming and yelling at a guy in practice and showing him an hour of tape before practice. If, if you spend time with them, if you make it a true and honest family atmosphere, then then you'll have a better football player than if you just spend two hours yelling and screaming at them all the time. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I'm saying yeah, it makes okay. perfect sense, Coach. And I think that's what we did. Do you love Frank Leonard? Absolutely. I yeah. had I had him on the show yesterday. Okay, well, do you think that he was interested in, in your academics and your behavior outside of football? I think he was more interested than anyone we could have possibly had there, uh, along with yourself, Coach, Re- uh, Coach Cullen, Coach Hanson, Barry Gibbell, and all the other leaders that were there. Yeah, well, the, you just named the staff. That's right. And... and, and 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 and, uh, and how many how many people would be swearing and screaming at you now? That Joe Cullen might be screaming and swearing, but I mean screaming and yelling. But there wasn't a whole lot of swear words coming out of his mouth. Uh, <laughs> there were things, nah, no, there no. Were things like there were things like uh, you know um, toughness, uh, uh, famine. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> death, like, death. Destruction and famine. Oh, yeah. I, I, I first heard that. I'm like, where did he get that one from? No, did you see where, Coach, did you see Ramon Streeter? He said, death, destruction, famine. I thought we were just playing football. Yeah. <laughs> Think again, Ramon. Think again. Yeah. Now, let me tell you this, honestly. Come on now. Ramon Streeter, Eric King, <clears throat> you know, all those guys. Uh, oh, Chris Anderson, all those guys that appeared in the uh, documentary. Are those the most classy guys you've ever been around in your oh, whole life? They brighten my day just seeing their faces. And that's why I said, to all, remember I used to say this, you need to feel like you're around the best friends you're ever going to have for the rest of your life. Oh, yeah. Because that means if everybody says you're right, then now you get a really great family atmosphere. And families are hard to break apart. And when they decide on something to do, they do it to the best of their ability. Absolutely. And I think, you know, as you're going to hit on, I know you're going to walk down this road. The quality of that interaction and that togetherness is what determines your outcome on and off the field. 
And then you'll see some teams that are really tight, they win championships. And the ones that aren't, they can't win a game. Yeah. yeah. Or they can't get to where they want to be. Right, right, you know? right. Yeah. So, I mean, but it, 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 you know, uh, you know, people say, geez, I can't believe how hard you work and, and all the hours you spend in the office. I'm like, I've never worked a day in my life. Because this, <laughs> this is far from work. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, Coach. Really, absolutely. Are you? Let's talk about the athletes that, and I know it hasn't changed as you just hit on, but I understand that. I remember one time I went into your office, and I had to uh, do some of my schoolwork at your desk, and Coach Reed made me sit in his office and do my studying so he could keep an eye on me. And I'm embarrassed to say that, but I w- I'm actually overjoyed that someone cared enough to do that. And that was the best part. But I noticed the stack of books behind your desk and the stack of books had to do with uh, psychology, psychology of people, psychology of behavior, psychology of sports, psychology of leadership. And I'm not suggesting by any means that you needed a book for any of those things. But how much of those of that education has helped you over the years with your coaching? Uh, uh, truthfully, yeah, truthfully, truthfully, uh, n- not much. Okay, and and <clears throat> and you know because this, uh, I'm not going to say that football uh, saved my life because that's way too dramatic and. and and other people uh, can say that, you know, in, we're in circumstances where, where that was probably exactly true. But what football did is it shaped my life greatly. And just when maybe you're, you're hanging around with guys that kind of headed in a different direction than you, mm-hmm. you, 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 uh, you fall on the qualities that the game of football uh, teaches you right and and uh, and I, I've always kind of felt like uh, how fortunate I was to have Jim McKinnon and, and Hank Cutting and David Allen and all those high school guys that 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 helped shape my life and then I used to walk to practice mm-hmm. quite a ways with with a couple of guys and, and one of them was was a guy named Bruce Thistle who, who I, I don't think about quite regularly at all. And but I thought of him about a couple of months ago because he would be like, he was so intense. He was one year older than me. Jim, we, we could win this game. We could have a great practice. You, you have to push me, you know, and, and, and you know, we got to hit this guy. We got to hit that guy. It was just that constant chatter all, all the way to practice. <laughs> and, and, he, and he was a great football player. And I was behind him in the depth chart. And then halfway through the year, or, or a couple of games into the year, all of a sudden, I was with him. You know, they changed my position from from uh, fullback to tailback, and they moved him over to tailback. And it was un, it was just, it was the most fun time I've ever had in my life. Hmm. I, I never ever, uh, you know. Guys will talk about different things in high school. Some are maybe unruly, right? But but 
my times are always, you know, playing ball, preparing to play football, and and going out with a wonderful cheerleader, which is my wife. <laughs> you know? Oh yeah. And oh yeah. So that, I mean, and, it, and in a time where it was a little topsy turvy, this thing kept me straight and narrow. And I knew how I wanted to be treated. I knew how I was treated. I knew what football had done for me. And the only one of the reasons I continue to coach is I want everyone to have that wonderful feeling of discipline and success and loving it and not having to put up with it, but loving it because mm-hmm. they know what it's doing for them as a, as a, uh, as a human being and as a man and developing men. I think that's, I mean, that's just how I feel about it. And, and, so as you follow that philosophy, some, you know, you get to know people. You, you, you take your time to get to know people. So as you said before, you could push Mark Megna right off a cliff. You could say anything you wanted to Mark Megna. And, and, uh, and then, uh, you know, there's other people you push, you push. Then you got to bring them into your office to get them to go the extra half a mile. Right. And, you know. And, and then the other thing, too, is I don't know if you remember this or not. <clears throat> Coming off at 97, I think we were like five and six or four. I can't remember. Six and five. Six and five. Yeah. Okay. Not, not what we wanted to be, though. Right. But we're going into the 98 season. I think it was 98 season. Remember those 100-yard striders that we did to prepare? Yes, I do. Yes, yeah, I do. I also remember when you did them. Okay. I was going to say, do you know who did them all? Yes, who I did do. Them? Yes, I do. Right. So that, in my mind, I can remember when Hank Cutting and David Allen told us to do something, and they did it. I'm like, oh, my God. That's terrific. So we wanted to have a great year. We had an opportunity to have a great year. I thought everything was in place. The stars were aligned. And I was going to show all of you guys that the head football coach was ready to go. So the only thing I think I did was – and I took off my sneakers because, but I, I, I ran them on the side. Do you remember that? I remember that. 100-yard striders with all you guys and and uh, made the times. So that was. And, and sorry, know, Coach, I got to say this. Coach Reed wasn't exactly in his 20s. No offense, <laughs> Coach, but he wasn't like he, he ran them just as well as anyone else. And he was in his 50s. Yeah, I'm so, 69 now. So yeah, so and, you know, and he made back. yeah he made every time. Yeah, very impressive. But that, that but those are the, somebody said when are you going to retire and I said I'm going to retire when I can when I can't run with my players. I'm not saying I make the times anymore, but when I, when I can't run with my players, and that's when I'll probably uh, look for something else to do. But but uh, yeah, I, I can remember that year and and uh, that was a. That was an awesome year. And that was, the, that, was a that was an amazing year. One of the best experiences of my life, without a doubt. But I remember the first two games that we lost, and I remember thinking, oh, yeah. I can't believe. I remember I was on a knee after the second loss, which was like a triple overtime loss to UMass, I believe. Right. And I remember yeah, thinking, yeah. I can't believe it's this hard to win a football game. I said, this is unbelievable. I said, we're, we're never going to win a game like this. It was a it was a <laughs> knockdown street fight war and I can't I said it's unbelievable that we can't win a game and then we went on yeah. to win nine in a row yeah. 
right, 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 right. So. And, and it's like you, <clears throat> you know, when you put in the work, and 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 you have a good. Well, see, that first game. Don't forget now. They, uh, the, the, the I don't care. Uh, the Rutgers. How this sounds. Yeah, the Rutgers game. The holding penalty. The holding with Matt. With Matt. On Matt. On Matt Snyder. And oh. you know. I, I, he, who went on to play fullback for the Packers, by the way. That's exactly right. But, you know, he was crying after the game. I'm like, hey, just relax. You know, he said, Coach, I promise you it wasn't holding. So I looked at the film. He pancaked yeah. him. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't, I, you know, I could not even begin to believe that that happened. Right. And, and uh, I remember I told the whole team that, that was – you know, they just stole the game. They didn't want a one double A team to beat a one A team. And by the way, That's coach, who throws that penalty at that point of the game? Yeah, right. But I mean, <laughs> but there wasn't even. But the, the oh, and the other thing too is the flag came out after the reception. <laughs> oh, that was what, God. That's what it was like. You know, you know, I didn't find out who that referee was. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness gracious! Yeah. Unbelievable. But I mean, you know, I, 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 I uh, you know. Oh, and then, oh, no, wait a minute, I hold it. No, wait, 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 wait. After we lost to UMass, we had to go to Rhode Island. Do you remember that one? Oh, yeah. That was overtime that was as well. Overtime, that's right. It was unbelievable. 20 to 17, I think we won that game. Yeah, that it, was, that's exactly what the score was. And as soon as we won that game, I told the, I told the, uh, I told the staff, we're going to win out and and I'm usually not like that. I'm like, as you know, second to second, minute to minute, live everything, you know, like that. I remember going back and I, and, and we were going back on the bus, uh, you know, to take a, the plane. I'm like, I whispered to Frank, I'm like, and Jeff answered, I said, we're going to win out, but don't tell anybody. Sure. <laughs> and, and that was, a, that was awesome, you know? Oh, that was that was really great. It was so great, special. Great. It was great. So yeah, yeah win the Mary game. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah. Oh, I do. There were twenty thousand people at that game. I remember at least. Yeah, that I was remember. that was awesome. Yeah. Those last three yeah. were special. It was uh, Delaware, Villanova, William and Mary. Not in that order. I think it was Delaware first, then Villanova, then William and Mary. But those three. Yeah, and then you remember that? that yeah, yeah. But then the Northeastern game, we won by the skin of our teeth. I remember uh, Duwan yeah. in the back of the end zone. Yep. Yeah. 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 Oof, it was, unbelievable. It was great. But I'll tell you the other thing too is you know I wasn't on Facebook for like uh, since like 2015. So I just posted a couple of months ago. I, I you know posted my picture up there. I know? saw you got a thousand comments. Yeah. <laughs> I say coach is the most popular guy on Facebook. He put up a picture. <laughs> I don't think he realized what he did. Yeah, this is this is the problem though. Let me explain to you what happened. Is so people a couple of people wrote down like, Hey, welcome back to the thing. Do you remember this? And I'd i write a comment. And then somebody else I'd write another comment. And pretty soon I felt bad because if I, I felt like if I didn't write a comment, people would think that I'm you know, I'm I'm ignoring them. So it was a free <laughs> 393 comments over like three days. I was up all yeah. night. Yeah, that's a day. Try doing it. that every day. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's a full-time so job, fun. coach. Uh, it was so much fun. It was It was just absolutely, uh, absolutely remarkable. And let me tell you another thing too, Mark. When I posted that, 
I had a number of faculty uh, from Richmond that uh, that uh, that chimed in on 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 that uh, however you call it messaged in or, or commented on that post, uh, including remember Patricia Howard, uh, Dr. Howard, who absolutely. Was the, uh, the uh, dean of women, mm-hmm. and uh, you remember the time were you there when when uh, the music department was having a hard time? Uh, they had to move all of their uh, band stuff. Yes, I remember. I remember. Yeah, and, and they called us. And I went down the weight room. I said, "Okay, everybody, jump in the cars. We're going down. We moved it all out in 15 minutes and came back." Do you remember that? And people would do that at, 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 at Richmond. They called us for all kinds of things and. Moving the bleachers for the lacrosse and field hockey team. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly correct. I remember. And they it. felt good about calling us, and we always. I mean, it was a it, it was a great close team, and the team I think showed uh, the campus that we could be a great community, and and it was uh, it was remarkable. And it wasn't it was like that before you got there. It was nothing even close to that. Well, that's not for me to say. I know, I know, but it wasn't, Coach. Yeah. I know you would never yeah. say that, but it, it it wasn't, and that leads me to my next question. Um, we, I'm fortunate enough to be a, an owner of a business now, and we have a very special team. But every once in a while, uh, the behavior of the people that either work on the team or are someone close to our community, and someone that I spend a lot of time with, it's not conducive to what we teach, preach, and act around here. And I, yeah. I, I gotta be completely honest, I feel like a complete failure and I'm a terrible leader. And I remember one time we had a long conversation after I got to work a little bit with, with, with your staff at Richmond. And I remember thinking every time something like that happens here, I think, man, I am a terrible coach, leader, educator, because I cannot get them to understand the importance. And they, what happens is they apply whatever we're trying to get them to understand to the success of the business of anatomy, and that's not what it is. It's about if you can't do that here, you're gonna have trouble in so many different facets of life, and I'm trying to get you to learn that education by using your experience here in anatomy as the vehicle. And it, it, I, I don't, it's so hard because I'm dealing with a lot of the, the me philosophy in life. And to get someone to understand that, like I don't know, I asked Coach Leonard the same thing yesterday, Coach. What has become of the me generation? I'm trying to do my best to add value to people's lives, and I feel like I fail so often because I can't do a good enough job explaining or teaching. Well, <clears throat> let me just say this here, and, and I, I don't mean to have a controversy going on here with my next statement, but like when I was growing up, uh, there was a mother, a father, or a strong father or a strong mother uh, in in every house. If there wasn't two in the house and there was one, and, and, and they kept close tabs on you. There's a little bit of a breakdown here, I think, in, in you know, people growing up and having somebody at least to talk to them about what discipline is, that it's not all right to do anything you want to do, it's not me, it should be we, it's not I, it should be us. And, and as much as you hate to hear it, because it infringes about maybe what you want to do, 
uh, growing up as a youngster. It, it, it's the right way to be, and there's been a breakdown there. And, and you know, you see it in recruiting now, and you have for years and years, and, and you saw it really in, in, in with some of our players. But in football, and it should be like this in school as well, but it isn't, but in football, I've always been able to have a staff that believes in what we're doing, and we've been able to uh, always be on the same page. You remember those documents? Uh, the playbook that I used to pass out. The documents I used to pass out to the to the staff. This is what your assignments are. This is how you're going to do it, mm-hmm. and this is the atmosphere we're going to create. Mm-hmm. Now, over when I was a head coach. <clears throat> I can't remember how many years that's been. I only had to fire three guys. And, and uh, you know, that was hard to do, but we either follow the guidelines and the expectations and you work hard at it because it's not the success of just the organization you're concerned about, but the message you're putting out to others that see maybe a breakdown uh sometimes you just have to get rid of them um and that's hard as you coach when you've invested so much in them because you know like to not be if you if you do something like that i know it's a little bit different with sport in in my business here but our business here but the problem is they view it as you're not empathetic you're not understanding you're not helping you're an evil person but how long do you go before you say you know what coach leonard said it yesterday I can only be committed to the people who are committed to the process and want to be a part of this. All right. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, you know, you embrace the process or you don't. And you can remember that's a term we used to use at Richmond. Embrace the process. This is the process. If you agree to come in and embrace this process, we'll have an opportunity. It doesn't guarantee it, but we'll have an opportunity to succeed. If you do not embrace the process, then you need to be uh, taken out of the uh, program. Right. Not hard, not hard to do, uh, or not hard from a philosophical standpoint, but hard to do as a practical standpoint. It's hard to go in and say, hey, look. But the other thing, too, is you've got to heed warnings. And if you, if you, uh, if you warn somebody, at the end of the year, I used to bring all the coaches in and we'd talk about their strengths, their weaknesses, my strengths, my weaknesses, as they perceive it. And we'd have a conversation, all right, now, good. This is where you need to improve. You're good. Yep, sign it. We're good. Bring them in the next year. Everything was great. Bring them in the next year. You're falling down in this area. Two years of inconsistent performance. And it's not just how your players play, but, but how you treat them, the relationship that I can perceive. If there's a problem, they have a problem. I don't have the problem. They have the problem. Mm-hmm. And then the problem has to be solved. Could be that they have to be let go. Here's what it is. I'm not a failure. I tried. I helped them. We communicated on it. We discussed it. And if they can't live up to... to uh, to what was said, then they have to be let go for the good 
of everybody in the program or in the business. Understood. Understood. And it's not the head coach's fault. How, well, that's with 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 your with your team with your uh, staff coach with kids. Uh, you were at BC last year. Do you find mm-hmm. you, yourself dealing with more of that uh, in this day and age, the the me generation? And, and how do you break down a kid like that and get him to understand that it's we? Yeah, I, can I tell you the truth? <clears throat> I, I, Please, I, I really, I, I haven't had that problem. I, I tell you. Who, who sometimes uh, creates a problem for the player Please. is the parents. Mm-hmm. You know, my son should be playing more. You're, you're, you're stymieing his development. You know, <laughs> you know. Okay, you know, and, and thank you, and then back to work with the player. Mm-hmm. And I just always remind the players, it's the first thing is it's me and him. Mm-hmm. I like to try to incorporate the parents. Mostly you can, some you just can't. I mean, you just have to do your job, forget it, just keep working, just keep working. It's fun. Well, Coach, do, have parents changed over the years or it's still the same type of thing when you get a parent a parent that's overbearing? And I remember when I used to be in your office and parents, my teammates' parents used to call you, why isn't my son playing? And you'd have to tell them, well, have you seen your your son in practice? Have you seen yeah. your, your have you seen your son when he performs or puts out effort because he doesn't? How did do you have to deal with that still today? Yeah, uh, you do, and and you know what, <clears throat> you got to be polite, and I always am. But I used to have a meeting with the parents and 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 just say, you know, I want you to call us if you have any questions. You may, but before you do, just remember, you may not like the answers. Your son should know everything. So you ask him first. If it doesn't sound right, call us. Mm-hmm. Because as you know, we were always, and this is what you have to do, you always have to be very honest with your players, evaluation, and also you have to be honest with, the, as I just mentioned, with the coach's evaluation. Mm-hmm. See, see, Mark, I, I don't think it's all that hard. I think sometimes we make it hard. Hey, look, as a defensive lineman, visual key, get off. Those are the first two things. Hands, feet, leverage. I, 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 I've heard defensive line coaches talk for 15 minutes before they'll put a guy through a drill. Or they'll stand up and they'll talk in the meeting. Let's get the film on. Let's talk about what are the basics you need to succeed. Mm -hmm. Just tell me, what are the basics you need to succeed in every position? Give them something concrete that they can hold on to. Hey, Joe, this is what Joe Cullen, as a coach, these are the basics I expect you to do on the field. I'm not interested in lectures. What I'm interested in is good, concise, teaching techniques and then get them going let's go let's go let's go mm-hmm. and remember we used to say that all the time too oh yeah let's go right reps and, you know reps 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 let's go reps 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 we'll coach off the tape coach off the tape and so let's not make it hard let's make it very simple let's make it concrete let's let's 
take all of the verbiage and condense it into to a couple of terms to give the players a chance to play fast and hard, to give your staff an opportunity to coach hard and fast and enthusiastic with less verbiage and more encouragement. And, 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 and that's just the way I've always felt it should be. And like I said, you can, you can go to practices and listen to coaches and there's more talking than there is playing. And, uh, you know, maybe there's a place for that. I just never kind of felt that way. Understood. Understood. Uh, so leading into recruiting for a college coach, what are you looking for in a kid? And, and the answer for the layman out there would be, hey, you're looking for someone who scores touchdowns or is fast or who is strong, who understands the game. And so certainly all those things. But what are you looking for when you're recruiting a kid? Well, you know, the first thing, I guess, is that I uh, look for, for some characteristic for, uh, for success and achievement. And what I mean by that is simple. Uh, Eric King, he's a quarterback. Oh, yeah. He ended up to be drafted as a offensive tackle. Unbelievable. At 313 right. pounds. Yeah, right. But see, so this guy's a quarterback. He, he, he's not going to be a quarterback. His characteristic, in my mind, was that he was six foot five or whatever. Right. A very okay. large human being. Very yeah. large. He's going to be able to play someplace. Okay. And then you get to know him. A lot of the same qualities. Not as intensely, though. But a lot of the same qualities as Mark McMahon. I believed him when he told me that he wanted to be a good football player. Looked me square in the eye, and that's what he said. Uh, you know, you, you, and then you 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 uh, uh, you go well, you go to yourself, as we we already mentioned. Elio uh, um, Mbononi, mm-hmm. okay, good sized guy, ran fast, extremely polite. Dennis Cunningham. He's a uh, DJ. DJ Cunningham. I'm sorry, Dennis right. was with me at UMass. Uh, but DJ Cunningham. I mean, if you couldn't look at him without even seeing tape, and didn't think he was a tough guy, then, then then you know you weren't looking at him. I mean, <laughs> this guy was. And then you turn on the tape. Uh, a little awkward, but knocking people down. And once you met him and you look at the tape, you say, ah, I think we want this guy with us. In other words, if you were going down a dark alley and you knew there was going to be trouble at the end of that alley, who would you want to be with? I'd want to be with Mark Magna, DJ Cunningham, uh, Eric King, uh, all, all, all your characters. Oh, and, yeah. And, and you, you can tell as the recruiting goes on whether somebody's sincere. You, and, and, you know, I think I'm one of the few coaches now that doesn't have facial hair and, and, and uh, you know, still wear a shirt and tie in when I go recruiting. And, and, but I, I like somebody that has a lot of pride in themselves and how they look. And, I, and again, I don't care if it's long hair, beard, or not, but somebody that looks at least well kept and is polite 
you know, sometimes you, you get these guys and, and you, you're talking to them and you can hardly wait to get out. Mm. And even if they're a talented player, because you're just not sure they're ever going to listen to you. And you're not sure if they're ever going to develop mm -hmm. to the potential that they have. And I don't want to be part of that. Because it's going to take too much of your time and energy, correct? Yeah. You, you want to spend all your time and energy with your players in a positive way, helping them win in some phase of their lives, whether it's academics, whether it's leadership skills, uh, whatever it might be, time management uh, uh, opportunities, whatever it is. You, you, you remember, I used to go to class, too. You remember that, too, right? You used to sit in class. Right, with, like, David Thomas used to invite me in yeah, there all Dr. the time. Dr. Thomas was amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Doggone right. I, you know, he's a Facebook friend of mine. He's my first, my, my first speech coach. Public speaking. I never thought I'd have to do that. Boy, I wish I, I would have paid attention then. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, he, he, he was terrific, you know. And, and, uh, and then uh, Madame Baroudi with French. You know, oh, yeah. Getting guys through, through French there. And, and uh, Dr. Bogle. Uh, um, you know, in in history, and I shouldn't say any names because there's, there's there's thousands. You know, Doctor Outland was mm -hmm. you know it was his family that the Outland Trophy was named after. Oh, I couldn't believe that when he amazing. told me that. And the chemistry professors, and we had a lot of it was a wonderful, wonderful, uh, just a, it was a wonderful time. A lot of great respect that was paid to us and. We certainly uh, held up our end of what we were supposed to be academically and, and as leaders on campus. I mean, it was really fun. I mean, it was uh, it was great. All because we had a really close, tight-knit family. It was wonderful. Oh, it was amazing. Do you think those kids coming out of high school, going to original, and please, you can certainly leave me out of this because we know what the answer is. Do you think kids are prepared for the academics? Uh yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not sure. Uh, you know, I'm just not, you know, uh, I'm just not sure. That, uh, see, th this is what I worry about a little bit, selfishly about, about football, is that, you know, uh, sometimes in high schools now, the football coaches aren't even in in the high schools. When when I was in Bedford High School, uh, Jim McKinnon was in school. Uh, David Allen was in the school. Hank Cutting was in the school. We had, I think, four full-time assistant coaches that were in the school with us. And and it was great because you could buy, stop by, talk to them. You could see them teach. You were proud that they were your teachers. I was a, I'm a history major because Hank Cutting was a history major. Uh, and I, and, and, and I uh, idolized him. And now you, you know, sometimes you don't have any coaches that show up after school. They're very good guys. They coach you. Then you go home. They see you the next afternoon. They're not in the schools. And I worry about that. Because, you know, young people are still young people. and There's a lot of ways you can turn, and, and they have to have some really great leadership there. Uh, and I'm not talking that the teachers aren't good teachers and they, they don't provide leadership, but it's different with athletics. 
and the opportunities. And uh, you know, I, I, I worry a little bit about 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 that. Um, you go into watch phys ed classes, and now and all you see is a bunch of guys and students walking around the the outside of the basketball court. You know, and right. there's that now is seen as when we were in there, it was dodgeball. You had to get dressed. You had to take a shower afterwards. I mean, people were running, and I mean, you know, you, you took a little pride in your athletic ability, or uh, or tried to be better if you weren't as good an athlete as some of the other guys. And, and uh, it's just uh, there's been a change. I worry a little bit about about the lack of uh, focus on being in shape uh in in a healthy lifestyle uh that 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 you know that our high schools are allowing branded children to to be a little bit soft i guess is what i'm saying yeah and i don't want to get anybody angry no i know i know i know know. but you know a part of that conversation is trying to you you mentioned this before coach keep things simple it doesn't matter if it's a team, it's a business, it's a relationship, it's family, it's your wife, significant other. Keep things simple means to me, coach, why why is there such a low emphasis placed on things like punctuality, consistency, hard work, staying humble, putting your time in, being patient, helping the person next to you, focusing on what you can add and I understand everyone wants to make money. Everyone wants to be successful on the field. Everyone wants to be successful off the field. But where does that breakdown happen? Because if you, people, the, the way to do the shortcut, the irony is the shortcut of things is actually doing the work and not avoiding it. Where, what is that, where does that breakdown happen? What is your thought? Uh, <clears throat> I don't know. Uh, I, I just know this. Is that everything you just mentioned? Everything you <laughs> every remind me of a story too after this, but everything you just mentioned, where you can learn to do things the right way, is through athletics. The demand on each individual, because you're accountable to a teammate, can be taught in that environment, and in that can lead to qualities, those same qualities that you can follow the rest of your life. Absolutely. And, uh, and you know, it, it, I, gee, there was a saying that I thought of when, when, when you were telling the story about getting beat up, oh, is yeah. that, that um, great events can occur when there's uh, what was that quote? Great events can occur at the most menial, menial of opportunities. And, mm-hmm. and it's not exact, but what it was is like one event, and everybody gets beat up. Oh, yeah. But one, one event, you just said, hey, the hell with this. This is never happening again. You know, so it, it's often unimportant. That's what it was. The, the events that occasion them are often unimportant. So great events, events that occasion them are often unimportant. So 
for everybody. Everybody gets beat up. I got beat up a bunch of times. But th- th- that event allowed you or focused you so greatly that you <laughs> that that you uh, that you uh, have turned out the way that you have. You just were never going to allow that to happen again, ever, ever, ever. That usually happens at age. 18, 19, 25, 36, mm-hmm. but at a young age, and then you're able to, 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 to stay with it. Judy, my wife mentioned after watching the film, she said, do you think Mark ever wakes up and says, I just don't want to do this today? And I said, no. I think he that's when he has to go to sleep, he's angry that he has to go to sleep, mm-hmm. that he can't get up right or, or can't work straight 24 hours. Because that's how we are in football. God damn it, I got to get to sleep. You know, I, I, I can't believe it. You fall asleep at your desk watching tape because it's something that you love and admire and, and, and you know it's important. And the other thing, too, is every day that you go in to anatomy, every day you around people that you know, you're providing an example for them. Mm. And, and sometimes that's hard to do. You know, I, I, like I don't drink at all, even if I'm going out to dinner with my wife and I'm 65 or 69 years old and or you want a glass of wine, I, I can't do it. <laughs> you know, I just, I just can't do it. I understand. And, and, you know, and, and, and that's, I mean, it's a way of life that we have chosen and the reason we've chosen it is that we love it and the reason we love it is that it some way somehow it has provided an example for success for us and we love that and you can't get enough of it well i mean does that make, does that I, make sense yeah that, that makes perfect sense coach it makes perfect sense what i know we've been talking about those things but just to highlight what they are what are the most powerful lessons that you've learned through coaching or as a coach that can be applied to life and i know there's so many but what are the obvious ones for you that are the most powerful and impactful uh, discipline, mm-hmm. uh, uh, discipline and, and on, in everything that I do. You, and, and so let's say punctuality, that's discipline. Uh, remember we used to say, okay, meeting start at five, but it would be good to be here for five minutes before mm-hmm. meeting didn't start five minutes before, but the guys were there. Why were the guys there? Ah, there's an opportunity to sit there, talk a little bit amongst themselves and then, okay, mm-hmm. men pay attention. And, and, you know, when you learn to have a little success in athletics, you want success in your family, you want success in your business, you want success every day, you want people to see you succeeding. You want to drag people with you. And, and there isn't anything, oh, and then the other thing too is, what I always tell you, when you win a football game, be Humble, correct? Absolutely. When you, when you lose a football game, credit the other team. Let's not be negative. Let's not swear. Let's not, not go off the deep end. Let's, let's, when you win, enjoy it for 24 hours, and then we got to go on. When you lose, don't behave badly. Take care of the team. Take care of yourself. Let's prepare to win next week. And, you know, there isn't anything about athletics when taught the correct way now 
that's a negative for the rest of your life. Honor, integrity, discipline, work ethic, total focus, how you treat other people. When done correctly, and you apply that for the for your 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 life um, outside of athletics, you'll be a great success. I don't care what anybody says. You'll be a great success. Those words I just mentioned are all lessons you can learn in football and athletics if it's done correctly with the correct people teaching. That's amazing, honor, Coach. Honor, integrity, work ethic. Uh, you know, I used to say, you know, we, we you know sometimes we chose who you dress next to. And you might come from New Bedford. You might address next to a guy from from uh, Western Virginia. And on the other side, you might have uh, might have been a guy from New York City. All different guys. When you dress together, you 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 been you, you know your your lockers are uh, uh, right beside each other. You'll get to know that person. You'll get to know him. And, and and that will help you. Mm-hmm. And just that time, that banter, that back and forth, that time in, those repetitions, like, you know, I, I see so often that I want to come in, I want to do my work, I want to get out of here. Mm-hmm. I, I My thought on that is, I, man, I, I am all for anyone who's out there hustling, working, trying to grow, has a growth mindset, working to be better, educate themselves, make more money, take care of their family. But there's so much they're missing. It's like if I could hand someone, you know, a million dollars that they wanted, it defeats the purpose because the process and the experience to make a million dollars will help you make $20 million. It's like if you understood that you're missing out on a very, very valuable part of connecting with the people around you, which in turn will help you and will pay dividends tenfold in life. Why would you want to avoid that? Yeah. See, you just mentioned something. You've mentioned it a couple of times. Is that people making money? Well, you know, you know, when I lived in Bedford, Massachusetts, you know, I was lucky enough to have a mother and a father. We didn't go on vacations. Like the big thing that my dad and I did is we went bowling on Saturday morning. Uh, they, they didn't leave me much. We didn't have much. Happy as hell. It didn't make any difference. Never looked at whatever anyone else had. Never desired anything other than, you know, to do the best I could for my family, which, which, uh, which I think I've been able to provide, not just myself, but certainly, certainly uh, uh, my wife. My wife Judy has done an unbelievable job with with my uh, with my uh, with our children. Well, she's amazing, amazing, yeah, she, really. But she likes <laughs> she likes football too, right? And but you know, well, Cole, she's we, interested in what your interests are. Well, yeah, but uh, right, that's exactly right. But the, the other thing too is. We are interested in one thing and one thing only, that our children would grow up to be hopefully wonderful uh, young adults who cared about other people 
and 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 lived a good wholesome life that could say no like you know megan even when she was in college megan called me one night she was down at shackle slip went down with some friends and some of those friends or one of them who was driving had too much to drink she she called and asked me to go pick her up Mm -hmm. i mean are you kidding me right i was crying on the way down i was so happy and and when we came back i said i I, i'm so happy you did that here here's a five dollar bill yeah thank you and i said like no no wait 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 here's here's another five i'm like how much have I got in my wallet? You know, and I, I could have saved to, your life, right? Well, I, what I'm just saying is that I would never have done that. <laughs> you know? yeah. And and I should have. And she did that. And I was just, just absolutely uh, amazing. I, I, you know, I still think of that, you know, when, 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 you know, when that happens. And so I, I just have to tell you, coaching you know there was a time mark when when coaches were held in in high schools held in high high esteem and i'm not just talking about football i'm talking about uh all the sports and it was an emphasis placed on it and i always felt like when we had a good football program at medford high school the student body was felt better it was a smoother year and and uh and there's been a uh you know, i'm not gonna say a de-emphasis but yeah i am there's been a de-emphasis in all athletics i i i don't think that's a good thing and uh i think it's a, it's a source of pride and you know there used to be hundreds of guys that come out for football like in a school of 300 males there might be 60 or 70 just out for football not like that anymore and in the concussion thing i'm just telling you uh gosh i wish i had his name i'm going to add it to the end of this uh podcast the concussion thing is is uh is is not has not been correctly uh given to the people it just hasn't been and and there's a couple of professors that have done uh their own studies using actually the same criteria that come out with dramatically dramatically different results right and and um we've got to add this to the podcast afterwards but it's uh um, it's a. I just wish there was more people playing football, baseball, basketball, uh, softball. Oh, and, and let me just tell you this quick story because I love this. Please. We were. Uh, um, I was coaching the Lassie uh, softball team. That's, that was my daughter's team. And uh, and um, the coaches in the city asked me to be the be the head coach of this team, and um, and I said, okay, that'd be great. So we contacted all the quote unquote all stars, all right, and we said we have a practice, 
at six o'clock at the high school. So I, I got there. <laughs> this, this is a great example, though. I got right. there at six o'clock, and there were like three little girls there. My daughter and two of the assistant coaches and their, their children. I like, where is everyone? And they started coming at like 6.05, and a couple of little girls came, and 6.10, a couple of little girls came, and, you know, 6.15. So by 6.20 or so, we, we had our whole team. So we put them through a bunch of drills, you know, and it wasn't just pitch and catch, you know. It was, hey, we had fielding going on. We, I mean, it was really fun. I had a great time. I mean, it was really good. And the girls liked it, too. They, they, were, they were happy. So then at the very end, we got them all together. And I said, okay, now tomorrow we're going to meet at 6 o'clock again. Is that okay? And everybody, they all said, yeah, that was great. And tell your parents, okay, and I'll be standing over here, but you tell your parents as soon as you go to the cars to have you here at 6 o'clock. Oh, don't come at all. <laughs> I just did that. <laughs> <laughs> so they all ran off, and I stood there facing all the cars, and nobody came out. And next night, we were all there at 6. We had a great practice, and then we won the state championship that year. And it was really, really fun. It was fun to watch them develop. It was fun to watch them develop as a team, to see them get the ground balls, to throw them, to catch flies. I mean, it was really, really fun. And the whole town was behind us. It was just, uh, it was just great. But that's what I'm talking about a little bit. Um, Mark. Yeah. Did, did, did that story make? Oh, of course, of course. It's like a. Yeah. You, yeah. See, you get what you, 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 you get what you put in. You get what, what, whatever you give people as expectations, then you should be able to get back. If you, if you're like, hey, well, come on, come in as close to six as you can. You know, okay, that's one thing people saunter in. It's not important. Get here at six. We're about to play in the tournament. Get here at six. Hey, Amen. We get a six o'clock in the a.m. meeting. Okay, you get here at six. Okay, you remember like? Uh, do you remember like when somebody missed a class? Yes, I do. I can okay. I can stop you there if you like. Next day, yeah, five a.m. Yeah, right. But and, but and but the, we'll be... the irony. Let me just say this, guys, and then Coach yeah. Reed will finish this story because I know he's got more detail for us, but. With certain individual it get, individuals, it gets to the point where we're no longer going to punish you. We're going to punish everyone else. Right. And hopefully that provides you with some wonderful inspiration slash motivation to bring you up to speed. Right. I don't know. I don't know. I, th I okay. thought that would be enough, but maybe it's not. You know, there's two things I want to add to this just because it's really funny. You, got, you can cut this out of here. This isn't live, right? This is just a well, well, Randy West does the editing, so he might leave it in. Okay. Well, so two things. Initially, we'd bring guys in, right? And we remember Dr. George Ivey. Yes, I do. Dr. Uh, Ivey, yeah. uh, uh, First Calvary Purple Heart winner, who was the head of the academic yep. department. Uh, he, was, he was a Vietnam veteran. He was different kind, a different kind of cat, man. He was an amazing human being. Uh, that's right, and so what we what we did is I asked him how much an M16 weight, 
doctor, he told me. So I got a couple of them. I used to get oh, a couple yes. of medicine oh, yes. balls. Yeah, medicine balls. So what we do is we would jog, myself included, we'd jog around the quarter mile with a medicine ball over our head. Ooh. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. Well, so that we would do that. We would do that, you know, then we'd rest and do it again. And uh, um, so one time a faculty member was coming by and he reported me to the president that I was abusing the players. I don't know. I'm sure Ooh, you Dr. Ivy did? No, no, no. Oh, no, a I'm faculty sorry. Faculty member. Oh, understood. A understood. faculty understood. member saw this. He said, so they, they reported to the president that I was abusing players. Because George Ivy, was, you know, Colonel Ivy came in and said, Jim, what are you guys doing today? And I said, well, you know, you, you told me that an M16 is 14 pound, whatever. And I'm like, so I said, we get a medicine ball. So a couple of guys in this class, so we were jogging uh, one quarter mile with the medicine ball over our head. I said, okay, good. What else? <laughs> I said, that's all. I said, we did a couple of laps. I mean, it wasn't earth shattering. I mean, nobody was on the ground crying, you know, or anything like that. He said, okay. So he came back and uh, he said, the reason I asked you that is that I was just asked what we were doing and why we were doing it. It was reported that you were abusing players. I started laughing. I said, well, what did you tell him? He said, I told him it was good academic discipline. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, so when you get a guy like that on your side, you know, I mean, but, and then if you can recall, we had another couple of guys that embarrassed our program. So we got the whole team up at 5 a.m. and ran laps. And those two guys did what? Do you remember? They sat in the middle of the field on chairs. Yeah. I brought out, <laughs> I brought out chairs. You remember? They sat down and watched everybody run. So I thought that was like, I don't think they would do that at the end. Well, I promise and, you, a few people made sure they didn't. Yeah, I'm sure. If you can recall, I kept them in my office, kept them in my office until all you guys had showered and left because I was afraid of their safety. But um, uh, then there was one, oh, then, then, I'm not sure you knew about this. There's a couple of guys that they would rather run than go to class. But if you have study hall at starting at 9 p.m. on a Friday night and lasting till 2 p.m., and do the same thing on Saturday night, take away all their free time, that will get them to class. So there's a lot of ways, as we said, to develop relationships and get guys to do the right thing. And the amazing thing about it is those measures, usually it only takes one or two, and then they jump on board, mm -hmm. and you get yourself a team. Man, this could have been a, a great book or a how-to guide, Coach. I can't thank you enough for making time to do this. I know Coach is not the... Uh, He's not a big phone call guy, but he does stay connected, and, and I'm so grateful to have him in my life. And all the people that are connected with Coach Reed, it's thousands and thousands of athletes, so he's affected in the most positive way, influenced in the most positive way, and their families as well. So thank you, Coach. Well, yeah, you know, I wish I had known a little bit more about the content of the of the, uh, of the uh, phone call, and I could have dug in a couple of What we have to do is do this again sometime. Oh, we'll do it again. We'll definitely yeah. do it again. We'll do it again on a conference call with myself, Frank, and Joe, and Jeff. I mean, that would be uh, that would be that Oof. would be 
That would be hysterical. And that sounds like the, the dream team. I'd love to get all four of you all on here. That'd be incredible. Now, let me ask you this. Like, who is going to listen to this? I mean, who is your audience? Everyone. Okay, because this is what has to happen, Mark. And I, I, I said it, I think, already um, about your film. Is that or your documentary? Is that really it should be shown to not just athletes, but to, to everyone in school, and more than just once. Once to get people started, and then a couple months later to keep them motivated. And and uh, uh, you know, I, I I can't I can't tell you how important. I believe that this is, there's, there's a, there has to be a new beginning at some point in time where we get refocused as an entire society and, and, and get on what's really, really important in, in its fitness, proper frame of mind, uh, the honor and integrity of living together and, and, uh, and just getting things done the right way. I just believe there's going to be a, I just honestly believe there's going to be a revolution, a positive revolution on that someday and someday soon. And maybe it's this coronavirus that, that will get this thing started. There were people that will, you know, what really made me angry this morning is that like China, South Korea and Japan um, have all been able to blunt this thing. I mean, it started in China like ridiculously. And then all of a sudden it, 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 you know, started to go downhill, but Japan and South Korea, they started in this huge number of cases and then they flattened out real quick right. and declined. And do you know what a, you know what, you know what a, a doctor said today? Tell me how they did that. I was, uh, a doctor I was reading today said, it's because their society, from the elders down to the to, to, to those that that could barely walk but were were with their parents, everyone in that society decided to do the right thing, mm -hmm. which was to stay off the streets, not to uh, congregate, and they were able to treat the clusters, and the clusters never went beyond where they where they treated. But the doctor said it's because the, the entire society pitched in and did the right thing. Together. And together. Together. Everyone. And and that's the unity of that civilization and that those the way that people thought about each other is what blunted that that uh, that disease, and I hope that that's happening here right now. I really do. And but there's a good opportunity, as you said a, a, a little while ago, to start a conversation as to where we are, who we are, and how we can get better. Because we can always get better. Absolutely, absolutely, Coach. Coach, I can't thank you enough. Thank you for this incredible education and spending time with me we'll do it again and i promise yeah, you I'll, yeah. I'll give you a heads up i i like to uh, yeah to, to i give... would like to do it again yeah, oh you'll definitely do it again you'll definitely do oh, it again. Yeah, really this, it's this, an honor awesome awesome yeah. please give judy and the family uh my best 
And I'm, yep. I'm just and Matt. How's Matt doing? Matt's doing great. He's down there close to you. He's at uh, Florida Gulf Coast uh, oh, awesome. coaching baseball. Yeah, yeah, loves it. She was with Chris Sales the other day. Oh, that's great. That's great. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah. And how are you doing? All is well. All is well. Family's very, good. Yeah, I'm very fortunate. My wife is a a warrior, and uh, my brother's doing well up in Massachusetts. And we're just rolling along here, trying to let this uh, bit of uncertainty pass and learn from it, get better, and move forward. Hey, Mark, we all know what the precautions are. You know, we just got to live by them, that's all. Yeah, absolutely, Good. sir. Promise to do my all best, right. and uh, I'll talk to you soon, Coach. All the best you and uh, positive energy to you, Coach. Thank you. You're the best. Yeah, th thank, thank you. Thank you. You're the best. Talk bye -bye. to you soon. Bye-bye.